worship you. It is such a joy and an honor. And as Pastor Nick gives his message tonight, please help us to learn a lot from it and to open our hearts and our minds to what he has to say and what you have to say to us tonight and help us be able to apply it to our lives as well. We love you so much. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to worship together. And in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. All right, well, we are going to transition to our Bible study portion of the night. So uh, if you have a Bible, go ahead and pull that out. If you need to borrow a Bible, that is absolutely okay. Feel free to raise your hand, and we will be happy to uh, lend you one for the evening. So if you need to borrow a Bible, raise your hand. We will make sure you get one. All right, well, week two of TNT. Crazy to think about. Well, we are glad that you are here tonight. Um, we are continuing in our series called Disciple Shift, learning about what it means to truly follow Jesus and how we help others become disciples or followers of Jesus. And so before we talk about our topic of the night, let's do a little bit of review from last week. We'll see how sharp your minds are. Uh, what did we talk about last week? What do you guys remember? Anything about last week's Bible study? All right, what do we remember? Anything at all, even some of what we talked about? Maybe cool videos? I don't know, anything. All right, what did we talk about last week? What do you guys remember? Awesome, Brandon. Yes, Mission Impossible. Okay, good. All right, where do you get the ball rolling there? I was already sweating, and I was just sweating more. Okay, what else? What are some other things that we talked about last week? Yeah, Gabby. Yeah, we looked at the Great Commission to go and make disciples. Good, good. What else? Other thoughts? Yeah. Yes, good. It might seem like an impossible mission, but it's really not. Awesome. Very good. Any other things from last week that you remember? Anything else at all? Just to be sure. Okay. All right, well, last week we looked at Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission, and we learned that for those who have placed their faith in Jesus, we have a mission, and that mission was to go and make disciples. And so there are two responses to that mission. It's either yes, I will, or no, I won't. Those are the options that we have. And this mission is given to us by Jesus Christ. Should you choose to accept it, right? We talked about how, you know, there's that scene in the Mission Impossible series, the movie series that says, should you choose to accept it, all right? And we also talked about how this mission while possible, won't be easy, and it will require us to put Christ first in every area of our lives, okay? So that was just a little bit of a review from last week, okay? And so before we dive into tonight's topic, I want to remind you of two things. Uh, one, if you ever miss TNT, you can actually go online and listen to our uh, lessons um, through podcasts, uh, through our website, whatever. So if you ever miss TNT and you want to listen, or if you want to go back and re-listen to our study, you can do that. You can follow our church on any podcast platform. 
You can go to our church website and you can find them all on there. So that's just a resource for you. If you want to re-listen or if you miss a week and go, oh man, well, you can not miss a beat, okay? And then secondly, uh, if you would like, um, I have a whole bunch of these little cool notebooks. And so if you would like to buy one for two bucks, pretty good deal, you can take notes and all that kind of stuff and what we are going to cover this semester. And so uh, I will be at checkout later tonight, and you can uh, grab one of these again. They are $2, just as a little resource for you to take notes, all that kind of jazz, all right? So again, last week, we talked about how we are called to go and make disciples. And so if after last week you're thinking, okay, I, I hear that our mission is to go and make disciples, the question becomes, well, okay, what is a disciple. And so this is very important for us to understand because if we are called to go and make disciples, it's probably important to know what a disciple actually is. And if you want to go and make disciples, you also need to be sure that you yourself are a disciple. Because we really can't go and make disciples of Jesus if we are not first ourselves a disciple. So the question that we're going to look at tonight is, what is a disciple? And so before we dive into this topic for tonight, let's take a moment and pray and ask God's blessing on our time in his word. All right, so let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your word. I pray that you would lead and guide our time in your word tonight. I pray that you would speak through me to these students and that they would walk away just in a deeper relationship with you. And it's your name we pray. Amen. All right, so I want to start off by asking you this question. I want to hear your input. What is a disciple? What do you think? What have you heard? What's your, where's your mind at right now as even we say that word? I want to hear what you think. What is a disciple? Yeah. Okay, follower of Christ. Good. What else? Are there other thoughts? What is a disciple? Yeah. Yeah, someone who shares the word. Good, good. What else? What is a disciple? Sounds like a really spiritual word, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. What else? Other thoughts? Joey? Okay, seeking after the Lord's heart. Good, like that. What? Anything else? Ooh, fisher of men. Don't be looking ahead too quick to what we're talking about. Anything else? All right, so tonight we're going to look at this question, what is a disciple? Well, the word disciple, generally speaking, at its core, means a follower. So just the word itself, disciple, means a follower. In other words, a student of a teacher. So that's the, the general sense of this word, is a follower or a student of a teacher. But to be a follower means you have to follow someone. To be a student means that you need to have a teacher, right? Okay, let me ask you this. How many of you guys are Star Wars fans? Anybody? Okay. All right. Well, you know the whole Jedi, right? There's always a master and a what? Just yell it if you know it. A master and a? Okay, a Padawan, right? Or an apprentice, right? There's a student and there's a teacher, right? It's the same idea. 
To be a student means you have to have a teacher. And so the question becomes, who are you following? Who are you learning from? Because the reality is we are all disciples in many ways. We follow people. We seek to become like people we admire. Whether we realize it or not, all of us are followers of something or someone. So that means we are all a disciple of something or someone. And so I remember when I was younger, some of you may or may not know this basketball player, and if you do, I'll be impressed. When I was younger, I was a huge fan of this basketball player. His name was Tracy McGrady. Anybody ever hear of Tracy McGrady? Okay, a few people. Well, when I was younger, I was a huge Tracy McGrady fan. I had all of his jerseys. I remember he came out with all the shoes, and like every time he had a new pair of shoes, I was buying them. And playing basketball in school, I pretended to do that dunk, and I fell every time. But in my mind, that's what I looked like, all right? And I just wanted to be Tracy McGrady. I thought, I mean, if I had the jersey, if I had the shoes, if I had the, you know, the, um, the wristbands, everything, I'm going to be just like Tracy McGrady. Well, I didn't become Tracy McGrady, in case you were wondering. But I wanted to be like him. Everything that I wanted to do was to resemble him. The shoes, the jerseys, the music he listened to, everything. I just wanted to be like Tracy McGrady. And so then I copied everything that he was doing. Well, so for us, as a church at TNT, our desire is to make disciples who make disciples of Jesus Christ. And so we want to make disciples, but specifically disciples of Jesus. And so our goal and my goal here is not for everyone to become like me, but my goal is for everyone to become like Christ. And that's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And our hope is to help each and every one of you become more like Jesus. And thankfully, when it comes to this whole idea of what is a disciple, the Bible talks a lot about what it means to be a disciple. And if we were to spend time looking at all the verses, we would be here a long time. But don't worry, we're not going to look at all of them, okay? Because there are tons that talk about what it looks like to be a disciple and even how one might define a disciple. But tonight, we're going to look at a few verses in God's Word that's going to help us understand what it means to be a student or a follower of Jesus. And so my goal tonight is not to create this one-size-fits-all definition, because again, the Bible talks a lot about what it means to be a disciple, but we have to start somewhere. And I think the passage that we're going to look at tonight, I think is going to be a great place for us to start, all right? So grab your Bible and turn to the book of Matthew, okay? If you are not sure where that is, that is totally okay. You can look in the first few pages. There's probably a table of contents, and you can look up the page number. Uh, feel free to ask a friend nearby if you need help to or ask a leader. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 4, and we're going to look at a few verses, okay? So Matthew chapter 4. Give you a minute to turn there. Again, if you need help finding it, that is okay. 
Matthew chapter 4. And if you basically just open your Bible halfway, start turning towards the right, towards the second half, you'll eventually find it. Okay? So Matthew chapter 4. Okay. All right. And you found it. Give me a thumbs up. Okay? Good deal. All right. Would someone be willing to read this for us nice and loud? Verses 18 through 22. Yeah? Nice. All right. Nice and loud for us, please. All right, very good. So let's kind of break this passage down a little bit, and we will see what this talks about in relation to discipleship. Okay. So first of all, who do we read about in this passage? Who are a few of the people that are mentioned here? Okay, Abigail? Okay, James? Simon? Andrew? And who else? Okay, Zebedee? That's the last name of James and John, so very good. Okay, so we have Peter and Andrew, and they are what? How are they related? Can you, can you see in the passage? They're brothers. They're not just like bros. They're like brothers. Simon and Andrew, they're brothers, and so are James and John. They're sons of Zebedee, okay? All right, so James and John. So we have two sets of brothers, and so what was... Okay, we're also missing one other person. Who else is in this passage? Everyone just yell it. Jesus. Okay, that wasn't a trick question, okay? Jesus. So what was Jesus doing? What was he doing? What was happening here? Peter and James, John, they're all hanging out. He was going for a walk, right? Just a nice stroll along the Sea of Galilee, right? Enjoying the view. Well, so Jesus, he calls out to Peter and Andrew. So what does he say? What does he say to these two brothers? What does he say? He calls out to them. What does he say? Yeah, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Interesting. And so what do they do? He calls out to them and he says this. And what do they do? Look right here in this passage. What happens? They dropped everything and followed him. Okay, interesting. All right, when you read this, this might seem sporadic or, you know, maybe even random or, or whatever. But as Jesus was walking along, he spots these guys and he invites them to join him along for the ride. Whatever that would entail at this point, they had no idea what it would look like. So as he's walking along, he calls out to them and says, follow me, right? He's inviting them to come join him in his journey. Well, when you read this, this is why understanding context is so important 
Because when you read this, you might think, okay, was Peter and Andrew, were they just out there, like, you know, just fishing? And this guy walks up and goes, hey, you want to come along? And they're like, okay, right? Well, that, that's not exactly what happens. Because if you were to actually read through all of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this actually was not the first time that they heard about Jesus or even talked with Jesus. Because Andrew, okay, one of these brothers, Andrew, he was already learning from this guy named John the Baptist. Maybe you've heard of him before. That's okay if not. He was learning from John the Baptist, and it was through John that he learned about who Jesus was. And so John chapter 1 says this, The next day, John was standing with two of his disciples, one of them being Andrew. And he looked at Jesus and walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And so John the Baptist, he points out to Jesus and he says, Look, the Lamb of God. And then Andrew spent the rest of that day with Jesus, talking with him. And then eventually, Andrew runs home to his brother Peter and says, Peter, you will never believe what just happened to me today. You have got to meet Jesus. And so then he brought Peter to meet Jesus. And so when we read this, pas this passage in Matthew 4, they've already met Jesus, and they've already spent time with Jesus. So when Jesus calls out to them and he says, follow me, it clicked with them. They had heard about Jesus, they talked with Jesus, they spent time with Jesus, and when Jesus extended this invitation to follow me, they dropped their nets and they left. They responded to that belief in Jesus, leaving everything behind. And then the same thing happened with James and John. They left their boat and they followed Jesus. And so you're probably thinking, okay, well, that's great. That's a great story. Well, what does this have to do with defining what a disciple is? Well, I want to camp out in verse 19. And let me read that again. Verse 19 says, And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And so this short verse gives us three attributes that help us define what a disciple is, what a student of Jesus is. And so we're going to look at all three, okay? So number one, Jesus first says, follow me. And so the first two words of Jesus are an invitation. And this invitation indicates our acceptance of Jesus, to accept his authority and truth, right? If someone says, hey, follow me, and you say, okay, what do you do? You're submitting yourself to saying, okay, if you're going to lead, I'm going to follow you, right? So if you follow someone, you're saying, okay, you're in charge. If you ever use a GPS, you put the, you know, the address in and you let the GPS do its thing, right? And you follow the GPS. You submit and say, I don't know where I am right now, but I'm going to trust this little box that's telling me where to go, right? And if you're like me, I follow the GPS, and I'm like, uh, I've never seen this road, but I hope it's where I'm supposed to go, right? But I just follow it blindly. And so that's where they are. It's an invitation to follow me. And so to be a true disciple of Jesus, you first need to follow.
follow him. Not follow him, whatever it's convenient, but to actually follow him. Because to follow means that we recognize and accept who Jesus is as Lord, teacher, and master of our lives. Jesus is the one who initiates and who guides, and we respond to his leadership and direction. And so to follow Jesus means that you are acknowledging that he is in control and that he is leading and guiding your life. And you know, some people, when they accept Jesus' invitation to follow him, they say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, and as I follow you, you're going to give me whatever I want, right? You know, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, and you're just going to do whatever I really want, right? Because if you love me, then you're going to love what I want, and so that means you're going to give me whatever I want, right? But that's not true. Because in the definition that Jesus gives, a disciple is someone who knows him and follows him, not the other way around. Because listen to what Jesus says in John 14. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And so Jesus says, if you want to follow me, then you have to actually, spoiler alert, follow Jesus. And so to follow him means that you have made the decision to give up your ways and your desires to follow him. That you're seeking to become more like him. And so there's this kind of acceptance of Jesus, understanding that he is now in charge. Because again, to follow Jesus means, Jesus, for me to follow you, I'm actually going to place myself under your leadership. I'm going to let you lead and guide and direct my life. And so the invitation to follow Jesus means that you've given the authority of your life to him. You're giving Jesus your plans, your desires, your hearts, your affections, everything. You say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to let you lead, and I'm going to submit myself to your leadership, okay? So that's the first attribute, following Jesus, simply submitting to his authority, to let Jesus lead. Now, the second one, everyone, say number two. Number two. Okay, number two says, I will make you. So he says, follow me, and I will make you. All right? Well, what does that mean? Why is this important? Well, these five words speak of a process of transformation. All right? So this word make means to produce, construct, to form, to fashion, to make something out of something. The word make means to fashion something out of something. And so what does that tell us? Being a disciple involves Jesus molding our hearts to become more like him. And so a disciple of Jesus means that you're changed by Jesus. And so not only do we say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to let you lead that means I'm going to let you transform and change my life. And so when we let Jesus lead, we shouldn't be surprised when Jesus starts to change our lives, to change our hearts, because Jesus wants to change everything, what we love, how we live, how we think, and how we feel. Everything in our lives, Jesus wants to change for the good. 
And that's why 2 Corinthians 3 says, Now the Lord in spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed. Jesus wants to change our lives. And so I want you to take a moment, don't, don't say anything out loud, but think about someone you spend a lot of time with, right? Think about somebody you spend a lot of time with. Well, my guess is that you probably say and do things that are a lot like this person, right? Because the people you spend a lot of time with, you end up becoming like them, right? Maybe what you say, some of their mannerisms, whatever, right? Because who you spend a lot of time with is who you tend to become more like. They, whether intentionally or not, they change and influence your life. And so as a disciple of Jesus, I hope and pray that as you follow him and he changes you, that you will continue to look more and more like Jesus. And who I am today, right now, is very different from the next 10 years ago, in which I say, praise God. Because he's been changing my life. And so every day, we should seek to become more and more like Jesus. And if you are saying that you're following Jesus, but you're not becoming more like Jesus, then maybe that's a starting point for you to begin to look at your life. Because God wants to change and transform us to become more like Jesus. And sometimes we think, okay, well, you know, maybe once God gets my life together, then I will begin to follow him. But that's not true. We can wrongfully assume that we need to clean up our lives before coming to Jesus. But Jesus is the one who changes our life. It's easy for us to think, you know what, I'm going to like get my life all together and then I will follow Jesus. Jesus says, come as you are, hurts habits, brokenness, messiness, come as you are and let me change you. And you know what? Perhaps maybe you've accepted this invitation from Jesus, but maybe you've become frustrated because you continue to mess up. Well, remember, this process of transformation, of Christ changing our life, is a process. It's not a one-time transaction. We're just, we accept Jesus and the next day we're like, everything's great, everything's perfect. But God is changing our lives. Because do I still make mistakes? Yes. But does that mean I give up? No. Because I am a work in progress. My hope is to become more and more like Jesus. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I'm perfect or I have it all together. I want to become more like Jesus. And I hope and pray that I continue to do that every day. And maybe you think, you know what, I kind of want to follow Jesus, but you don't know my story. I'm too messed up. I'm too broken. You don't know the things that I've done. You know what? I don't. But you know what? Who does Jesus call in this passage in Matthew 4? What were Peter, James, and John, and Andrew doing? Who are they? What was their occupation? What were they doing? They were fishers, right? They were fishermen. You know, Jesus, he wasn't walking along the Sea of Galilee saying, okay, I'm looking for the best of the best. Is there a seminary around here? Can someone point me to the smartest students in Jerusalem University? 
and he just happened to stumble upon the disciples, these fishermen here, and he goes, well, I guess this will do. That's not what Jesus does. Jesus doesn't look for the best of the best. He doesn't look for the most qualified. And if he does, I would be way at the bottom of the list. Because these guys, they were not spiritual gurus. They were regular people just like us. Jesus didn't choose them because they were extra special. He didn't choose them because they were like super, super smart. He chose them because of who they would become, who they could become. And so responding to the call to follow Jesus means allowing Jesus to remake us into his image. And if you think, you know what, there's no way God could use me, guess what? He says, try me. Jesus wants to change your life. And if God can change my life, he can change each and every one of your lives. And I know he can, and I believe that he can do exactly that. And so this doesn't mean that you can just memorize a bunch of verses and be transformed, or you know, just come to church every week and then you'll be transformed. Those things are good and important, but becoming a disciple isn't just a transfer of information. It's not just changing how you live. It's God changing our entire life. Because discipleship, at its core, involves transformation. Being a disciple is not just something that you do. It's something that you become. Jesus wants to change your life. Okay. And then number three, the very end, he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Okay, you're like, what does this mean? Well, you know what? These final three words, they indicate a response of action. Okay, follow me. There's invitation. Follow me, and I will make you, I will change your life, and then I'm going to what? Send you on a mission to be fishers of men. Because if our acceptance of Jesus begins in our head and our heart and then begins to change our life, naturally, it changes how we live. Because, I want you to hear this, followers of Jesus are not just saved from something, we're saved for something. We have a renewed purpose. When we follow Jesus, yes, we are saved from our sin, praise God. But we're not just saved from our sin. He's calling us to a purpose. He wants to change and transform our lives. And so for these guys, their whole lives, they were fishermen. That's all that they knew. They wake up, they throw out their nets, they catch fish, they sell them to the market, they go to bed. They wake up, throw their nets, catch fish, sell to the market. I think you can kind of get where I'm going here, right? That's their life. That's all that they know. But this day, Jesus was going to change everything. Well, sort of, because he says, okay, you've been fishing for fish your entire life. Well, now you're going to fish for men, meaning mankind. You're going to go out and share the good news of Jesus. And so Jesus was giving them a new purpose. And so we are called to live life on mission. We have purpose 
in mind. And so maybe if you're here tonight and you think, I'm not sure what my purpose in life is. I'm not sure if I have one. Let me say this clearly. You have a purpose. And God wants to use you. You are never too far from God for him to change your life. He wants to use you. You might be thinking, you know what? You don't know who I am. You don't know what I've done. You don't even know what I'm thinking right now about you. Well, you know what? Jesus wants to change your life. And he wants to use you. He loves you so much that he died on the cross to pay for your sin. And so our mission as disciples of Jesus, our mission is not just to come to church every week. It's not just to come to TNT every week. Our mission is not to simply be nice people. Our mission is not just to memorize all these Bible verses and facts and all of this stuff. But every disciple is called to join God's mission, to participate in God's purposes. And so, friends, I don't really have to say this a whole lot, but the world is hurting, lost, and broken. It doesn't take long to see people around you hurting and struggling. And maybe that's you here tonight. Students in your schools, neighborhoods, and circles, everyone around you deep down is looking for hope and purpose. There are people in our lives who we pass at the grocery store. If they don't know Jesus, they are heading towards a real place that's not with Jesus instead of heading towards a real person who is Jesus. And so the best way that we can show love to others is by sharing what Jesus has done and what he can do in your life. And I love what 1 John says, God's love was revealed in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. And if you've ever thought, you know what, does God really love me? If there is a God, does he love me? How much? Enough to send his one and only son to pay the price for us. And so Paul says, my mission is to now testify of the gospel, the good news of what Jesus has done. And so this phrase, fishers of men, it's a commission. It's a call to action. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And so we are called to action. If you are following Jesus, if you claim to follow Jesus, are you allowing him to change and transform your life? And then are you responding to what he's done in your life by saying, okay, Jesus, I want to be used by you because I want people to know that there is hope and purpose. Because there's a time in my life that I felt like I had no hope and no purpose, and I didn't know what I was doing. But I am so thankful that somebody shared with me what Jesus has done and what he wants to do. Because I thought I was too far gone. I remember in high school, I was invited to go on a retreat with a youth group similar to this. And when those leaders heard that I might be going with them on this retreat, they actually prayed that I wouldn't go so I wouldn't mess it up. So I was literally the kid 
who everyone was praying wouldn't come because they thought I would mess up the whole thing. If that's not far from God, then I don't know what is. When they're like, oh, I don't know if we want him coming with us. But you know what? I'm so glad that God didn't answer that prayer because that weekend was when God changed my life through Christ. And so when we put all of these attributes together, we see that a disciple of Jesus is a person who understands God's commands and submits to his authority. A disciple is a person who is being transformed by Christ and then lives out the mission of Jesus in every area of their lives. And so as we close our time in God's word, here are some thoughts to consider. One, have you accepted Jesus' mission, his invitation to follow him? Have you accepted his invitation to follow him? Well, what does that, what does that mean, an invitation? Have you placed your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins? Have you said, Jesus, my life is messed up, but I want to follow you because I know that you have a plan for me? Who is leading in your life, you or Jesus? And so if you've never placed your faith in Jesus, give him the steering wheel so he can lead and change your life. And then so number two, are you being transformed by Jesus? Are you allowing him to transform your life? Are you allowing him to change you, all right? Because if you're saying, Jesus, I want to follow you, then let him lead. I mean, we can't say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, and then go, yeah, but I'm not really. We have to actually follow him. Are you going to say, Jesus, change and transform me, or are you going to be like Jonah and say, no way, I'm going the opposite way? And then number three, are you living life on mission? Are you living like you do have a purpose, which, again, you do have a purpose? And so if I had to sum up what a disciple is, here it is. A disciple is someone who follows Jesus with their head, heart, and hands. Again, this isn't an end-all, be-all, right? But to be a disciple of Jesus means you are following him with your mind, how you think. You're following him with your heart. And you're following him with your life. And so that's how we might define a disciple. And so how do we describe a disciple? Well, again, it's someone who is committed to following Jesus, being changed by Jesus, and fulfilling the mission of Jesus. But this whole process of becoming a disciple starts with two words. Follow me. These two words have so much behind them. But that's where it all starts. If you want to be a disciple, if you want to let Jesus lead your life, it starts with you saying, okay, I'm going to let you lead. I'm going to follow you. And so if you've never accepted this invitation to follow Jesus, why not make tonight the night that you do? And if you have received, if you have accepted this invitation to follow Jesus, are you letting him lead? Are you actually letting him lead your life? And so will you follow Jesus? And my recommendation for my own life is that you do follow him because it'll change your life. It's so worth it. And so next week, we're going to continue on and we're going to look at, okay, if this is what a disciple is, what's the ultimate goal? Like what's, what's the roadmap for discipleship? And so we're going to talk more about that next week. And so in a moment, uh, I'm going to dismiss you to small groups, and I'll explain what that is again if you're new, so don't move yet. Let me pray, and we'll get ready to go to our next.
spot here together. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for changing and transforming our lives. I pray that we would follow you with our mind, with our heart, and with our lives. May we put you first in every area. And I pray that if there is someone here who maybe hasn't given the control of their life to you, that they would let you lead because you have greater purposes in mind than we could ever imagine. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.